Welcome to the Ridge University Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and discover tools for living. Now here's your host, Ridge Director of Discipleship, Will Heron. Well, welcome everyone to the Ridge University podcast. Uh, my name is Julie Weeman, and I'm your host for this series as we explore a topic very near and dear to me, but also to many people that I'm around these days and here at the Ridge, uh, caring for aging parents. And as I mentioned in the last episode, for many of you who are listening, this is a really present reality as you're in the midst of caring for aging parents. Or maybe, maybe what drew you to this series was the fact that you will be looking at that in the near future. And the last episode, We talked about some of the medical conversations that we need to have with both medical professionals and our parents as their health starts to decline. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I really encourage you to do that before you listen to this one. And I'm honored today because we're going to be talking with David and Tara Erridge. They're longtime Ridgers, and they've been navigating the difficult season of caring for parents whose health has declined. Um, for you, David, in the recent loss of your mother and some of the things that you've experienced, I think we can learn from you. And for you, Tara, you're going through some really hard things with both of your parents right now. So... Thanks. First of all, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so glad. Why don't you first just tell us a little bit about yourself and what this past and then also the current season of life is like. And I think we'll start with you, David. Yeah, well, I'm the youngest of four siblings. I have a brother and two sisters. And my home or my parents' home and where I grew up was in Rochester, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Uh, During this season, my sister lives close in Rochester and my brother is in Minneapolis. And my oldest sister and I both live in Iowa. Okay. So uh, my two siblings that are obviously closer, they were uh, first on call to to help. And then in addition to that, my siblings also were very aware of Tara's parents, what's going on there. So they were very understanding in terms of I may not be able to respond Uh quickly or be able to help as often. Okay. My dad was 101 when he passed a year and a half or so ago. My mom was 98. Uh, She passed this past May. Uh, they're both very active and independent, uh, probably about five years ago. So, I mean, that's a little, okay. for as old as they were, they're still sure. very active. So I, my season of this has really been about five years, yeah. just April through May of this year when my mom passed, it was really difficult because I had a lot of time away from home where oh, I was absolutely. In, in Minnesota. Well, so, and thanks. I wanted to name too. So your parents were quite elderly Yeah. And some people have this misnomer that, well, your parents are in their late 90s or they're 100. It's it's not as hard because it's to be expected. But No. Yeah. yeah it's just as challenging no matter yeah. what age. Hard, hard, yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Terriers is a little bit different, but, but yet similar, right? Yep. First of all, I'm the oldest of three daughters, and David and I have been married for quite some time. We have been at the Ridge for about 18 years, and we've been involved in different small groups and volunteer teams, which I think has helped us through this mm. season as well. Um, my mom and dad moved from northern Minnesota to Ankeny about 15 years ago. They were reaching an age where they felt like they might be needing some extra assistance, so they were proactive in that. And um, we're so thankful because they were down here for about 12 of those years, enjoying a lot of of time with grandchildren oh. and being here at the Ridge as well prior to needing care. Yeah, I still, I mean, I still know where they sat. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was always so great to, to have them here. 
I kind of wonder, as your parents' health started to decline, David, what are some of those challenges you faced? And then for Tara, what are some of the challenges you're facing now? Okay. There's probably three main challenges. Really, every person's situation is unique, so you have to understand that. But one major challenge that was really effective with my mom recently was when she went to the hospital in March, came out of the hospital diagnosed with early dementia. Mm -hmm. So there were some signs of that. And so she couldn't return to her apartment. So we had to move her to a new place. And at that age and with situation and moving again was a big challenge. And then from that, she became very angry toward all of us Uh, kids. Sure. So no matter what state we were with mom in terms of being the the favorite child, it was, she hated all of us. <laughs> so, yeah, that's real. I mean, that's real. So that was very hurtful. There was a lot of things said that were really hard to handle emotionally. So that was uh, something I would hope people will just understand that. But like two weeks before she passed, it completely flipped. And I think that was through a lot of prayer, a lot of people praying for that. So she flipped, was positive, and it was like, it never, you know, she didn't realize what she had said. So yeah, that was a blessing. And then for me being three hours away, that's a challenge. You just don't have as much time to go spend with your parents. Guilt, um, sometimes guilt, yeah, right? About not guilt. being, yeah. yeah. And then you, you actually, in some ways, you're going to help give your siblings a break. Sure. From the stress that they have. That's very real and they need it and you have to communicate so there's not hard feelings. And sometimes there is. Sometimes there's hard feelings. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, and then um, uh, just understanding what would happen if there's an emergency situation. So we talked about that as Mm -hmm. kids, as Mm -hmm. siblings of how, okay, what's going to happen? We had a text chain. Mm -hmm. So you get immediate notice and all that. Yeah. And then, yeah. And the last thing, I just understand that we had a challenge a lot with the care facilities. With uh, there's a lot of turnover, and you'll always hear that the food is awful. <laughs> oh, all the time. I remember my mother. They gave it to us on styrofoam. It was cold. They sat up by my door because I couldn't get. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's very real. So the challenges, many similar similarities, and yet some very some unique things and differences. What are some of the challenges for you, Tara? Uh, For us, David has been probably my primary source of help. My sisters have not been able to be as involved during this season with my parents. My mom started showing increased signs of dementia during the height of COVID. My dad was alone with her at that time. And at that Mm. point, it was mostly just short-term memory, repeating things a lot. Then as COVID kind of trailed off, We weren't aware of how UTIs are different in the elderly, but my mom started falling. She fell seven times in about a week. Mm -hmm. We would get calls at three in the morning or five in the morning or whatever to go pick her up. And we never thought of checking for that. I I guess that's one thing I'd say because we also had noticed at that same time that besides balance, which it impacts, she also was delirious sometimes and um, she was not eating. Those are all just UTI. UTI. All it took was antibiotics. But we just didn't know. Yes. Um, at the same time, she had a sodium um, deficiency. So that causes nausea, irritability, and she was more confused. So with dementia, that made things really difficult. Um, so I just say that because those are simple fix 
um, things if you catch them, but good to know mm-hmm. right. as they're heading right. in. As mom's dementia continued to worsen, she progressed to stages of anger, very unlike her hallucinations. She started being mixed up with day and night, was up a lot at night. And my dad has his own challenges. He has congestive heart failure, chronic pain that's intense, and he also has a lack of balance. So he needed sleep and he just wasn't getting any sleep at all. At times, mom was combative. Again, not at all like her, but we were afraid that she would knock dad over. Sure. And so we were begging dad at that point to really start looking into care options for mom. But my dad was very adamant that he wanted to care for her at home. He felt a definite loyalty and and obligation Mm -hmm. to do so. Mm -hmm. So in hindsight, if you and I were to do it differently, Dave, I think what we would do is um, get mom on a wait list somewhere. There are not a lot of memory care facilities. And by the time it's an emergency, yes. you might wait six months and you're at a point where you just can't do it anymore. We didn't do that because my dad did not wish us to do that. But I would do it now because you can always say no to being next on the yes. wait list. Yes. You're not stuck going in there, but at least you have an option. So instead, dad started hiring nurses to come. There are many services that do that, but it is very cost prohibitive. Yes, it is. So we did that for a little bit. Of course, our family is mostly here in town. We took turns staying overnight. Um, at that point, I was teaching and I'd teach all day. I'd come home and get a couple hour nap and then I'd stay overnight with my mom and dad so dad could sleep and my mom would literally get up every hour. And after a while, we just, we could not keep that up. It was my youngest senior year We're missing a lot of things there. And so we did convince dad that we needed to find somewhere. And I think what finally convinced my dad is he had to use the restroom quick and came back out and my mom had escaped the apartment and was lost Mm -hmm. and the police had to come. So it was a reality check. She had gone into somebody else's apartment. And I think that that was kind of a final, okay, this is too much. Um, And so... Then at that point, we the wait lists were a real thing. And I have to just give a shout out to somebody local here. Her name's Becky Montgomery at Senior Home Finder of Iowa. She's the daughter of Johnny Orr. Um, her mom had dementia, and now she is a full-time advocate and works with people to work them through. I mean, everything is complicated on the paperwork and everything that you find out. Just having someone calm and who's not emotional mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so we did find a place for my mom. And we found it within a week, which I completely attribute to prayer and Becky's help. This past May, my dad fell. He broke his femur and cracked his hip. And uh, that was May 19th. And he just got out of rehab last week. So we're heading toward mid-August. It was a long recovery. And we've had to move him. He he was declined back at his assisted, or uh, independent living here mm-hmm. in Ankeny. So we had to find another place, place for him quickly that could provide a little bit of help and get him moved within a few days. And um, those are just the kind of things that you just have to yeah. be on your feet yeah. and moving along. So I hear it sort of in some different buckets. Prepare ahead because I think sometimes we live in this sort of um, like here's the ideal. And when you have to make a decision, you have to make a decision quick. Mm-hmm. But when you start 
seeing signs of decline to start having the conversations because the the conversations Mm -hmm. can happen for many, many, many months before they agree or before you have to be the Mm -hmm. parent and say, this is just what we're going to do. So I I hear you say, be prepared. Secondly, be okay with asking other people for help uh, because when you're in this place of having kids and, you know, that sandwich generation, you've got kids, but you've also got elderly parents. And so you have to ask for help. And not everybody has great help. Sometimes you have to enlist a a service. I remember when my mom was living with us and getting worse and worse, I had um, a nursing service, but then I also had a niece and I also had a friend who loves elderly people and they would each come in one day a Mm -hmm. week too, so that I, cause I'm still working, you know? So anyway, just the different, all the different things that you have to have to think about. Let's talk just a little bit about the challenges about making decisions. So David, you, you know, maybe go first. You had siblings. I think they were pretty involved. Um, Yeah. I think, I mean, some of those decisions that you want your parents to kind of do ahead of time is there, you know, a power of attorney and some of those legal things that take care of. And my parents did a great job of that. That was all really, really in mm. place because of their age. They were so old. I mean, they did those things probably 20 years ago. Sure, I mean, 15, sure. 20 years ago, those things were already kind of in place. So that was good. But the care decision, you know, what we, what I dealt with was a similar to Tara. You have a parents that they want to stay on their farm. Yes. They don't, they want to live their whole life in their home. They don't want to go to assisted living or, mm-hmm. or, or care facility. So their whole goal is to live it all out. And so they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. You kind of have to balance that, but then also kind of look ahead as to what, okay, what are the things available, which, you know, those are, you know, palliative care. Kind of the first one you're going to probably experience is where they fall, break yes. a hip. Yes. You'll be in the hospital and you'll be working with social workers or, and then re- rehabilitation like Tara's dad just went through. So that's probably your first exposure. And then the later exposure would be more of the permanent assisted living mm-hmm. and maybe if some memory care, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So getting educated or understanding what those are yeah. is yeah. smart to do. And you had you had sibling support in, in having those conversations? Yeah, I think some... the, the first thing I can remember is we kind of knew it was serious. It was my dad had a brain bleed. And and that's where the four of us really had a sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to lunch, told mom we were going to have lunch, but it turned into a intervention know, a, kind a of intervent, mm-hmm. a two hour conversation mm-hmm. of okay, what are we going to do here? Yeah, yep. So for sure. How about you, Tara? My dad actually is very organized and really laid all the foundational um, work for us. So I'm giving him a shout out on that. But also for listeners, this would be a great thing to think about yourself. Um, My dad actually had everything filed and labeled. So we knew where to find bills and passwords and how to help. Because sometimes you end up paying the bills and you weren't expecting it and you don't know what to do. He had that all ready. My parents actually had done a lot of pre-planning on a funeral and given things that they'd like and songs and different things to take off pressure. My dad made me financial and medical 
power of attorney maybe four years ago before we were really worried about anything, which now that I need it has been a huge blessing. And um, my parents had downsized a couple of times, but yeah, the more you move your parents and we've moved them quite a bit, it's a blessing when parents kind of downsize. And then both my parents had made living wills. That is such peace of mind because whatever happens, they have directives for their health and we don't have to feel the weight, David and I, or my sisters of making decisions. So I just have to shout out to my dad, but if you're a listener, um, those are things to encourage and, and maybe start a conversation yeah. about. And even as us, as for those who are listening who are maybe in their 60s, yeah, you know, exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, right. start, start doing, we've, we've had those conversations with our kids and I have a password keeper and, you know, starting to get rid of things because when you, <laughs> when you do that with your parents numerous times, you realize how much stuff we have, right? Exactly. And yeah. That's... And I think parents think logically um, when you're in, at our age, you think logically and you understand, but I mean, we haven't walked in the footsteps that my parents are walking mm-hmm. in and it's got to be frightening and you tend to want to hold on yes, real tightly to things then. And it's not the time to get power of attorney and it's not Correct. the time for that. So you do have to be proactive. Yeah. 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 I'll hear people say, oh my goodness, my mom and dad want to talk about funerals. My mom and dad yeah. want to talk about... And like, yeah, let them talk about it. I mean, let them talk right, about yeah, it. It's yeah. part of the grieving. It's part of preparing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, let's let's move on. I've got a couple more questions here. How have you found support or strength as you navigate this hard this hard season of life? Yeah, for me, obviously, Tara has been my huge support and encouraged me. Sometimes it's difficult to make that phone call to your mom or dad and or go visit or you need that permission to go. So Tara has been great at, at that and also prayer warrior for me. Um, second would be my men's group, which they probably don't even realize how important they are, but mm. uh, was a huge support again with prayer. And also some of them had been through the experience mm. before. Mm-hmm. So they provided some uh, helpful guidance and just, just good listening. listening. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. How about you, Tara? Yeah, I mean, David has been a great um, support as well. And I think just because we're both going through this season at the same time, uh, it's easy to get cranky and you're tired and um, you just have to have restraint and not push the red button, you know, and, uh, you know, just grace and space (laughs) because um, everybody grieves in different ways. And I think that we've balanced that. I would say maybe surprisingly well, considering the situation. So um, that's been a blessing. And of course, just my faith. And just, I know there are times I've had little mini panic attacks at different times, but that piece that passes understanding, I mean, it is real and Mm -hmm. people have been praying for us and Mm -hmm. we feel that. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that grace and space. Yeah. Grace and space. Wow. Yeah. Not, not thinking you have to be there every minute of the day. And I remember times just saying to check, I just need you to listen. I'm just really emotional yeah. about this right now. And anything else, just as we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know who might be stepping in on this? Well, I think, uh, take it one day at a time. I think that was my sister, the one in Rochester, she was always kind of preached that. She was always says, let's just take it one day at a time, one day mm. at a time, which was a good philosophy on all of this. And then just there's going to be moments, there's going to be highs and lows, but there's going to be an experience or something's going to happen that's going to be very much a blessing that you're going to see. Like, for example, uh, when my mom did pass, my brother and I found out later that there was a verse we were both praying and reading throughout the entire day. 
Mm. And it was the same verse. Mm. So there's just some things that you're going to take away from it that are going to be pretty sweet, pretty special. And we had a lot of time together as siblings, Mm. stories Mm. being told, you know, there's going to be laughter. It's Mm -hmm. not all tears. Mm -hmm. So just understand that as you go through the process. Yeah, that's so good. How about you, Tara? Um, I just was thinking about this and I thought if you experience this type of season in your life, it's a whirlwind and it can take your breath away and it can put you in a survival mode. And it's not the easiest time to establish new habits and routines. So here is kind of what I'd like people to think about. Um, I think the best advice I can give is to have an already established daily routine of reading the Bible and being in close relationship with God through prayer and worship. In the midst of the storm, sometimes you can turn to that, but also when you're on survival mode, you may not be quite as active in that phase and to have built up that relationship already so that it's there when you need it. I think is critical. Um, small group participation is also key. Um, those are active support systems that I think we found really helped us. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say too, my parents provided my sisters and I a great childhood filled with wonderful memories. And this stage of caring for their needs is such a short space of time when you're in it. It's kind of like when you have toddlers and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I just can't wait to sleep someday or sit down for some a period of time. It, this can feel like that, but it's such a short period and a long life that they have been such a blessing. So it is an honor to get that time with them. Mm, I love that. And then when you look back and you realize the time that you spent, maybe the extra conversation or the extra care, the those sweet times yeah. that were really hard, mm-hmm. you know, that is, um, it, bring, it causes you to smile and then you miss it, yeah. right? You miss right. them. Yep. Well, thank you, Tara and David, Mm -hmm. so much for coming today. And to all of you who are listening, I hope that this episode has been helpful. I hope this series is is helpful. If you have further questions or you'd just like to talk a little bit more about this topic, why don't you reach out to us? You can click the link in the podcast show notes. We'd be happy to get in touch with you. Maybe you'd just like to visit with somebody over coffee uh, because you're starting down this road and you just are at your wit's end. You don't know. Maybe you don't have a good support system like some of us do. Um, We'd be happy to talk with you and pray with you and help direct you. So we'd encourage you to join us again next week as we wrap up our series on caring for aging parents. Hope to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you are interested in finding ways to live out your faith, why not head to our church website, ridgelife.org. There, you'll find opportunities to serve in the church and in our local community. You'll also discover ways to get involved in community groups. One of the best ways to find support and encouragement as you seek to live out what you're learning from the Bible. Head to ridgelife.org for more details.